This is episode 193, Break the Cycle of Not Being Able to Get Over Someone or Something with Catherine. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. We cover so much ground in today's episode. We dive into the root of why my caller, Catherine, has so much trouble getting over relationships that have ended. What we spend most of the time talking about, instead of getting over someone, is actually finding safety inside herself. Feeling safe is something that applies to everyone listening, whether you're getting over a relationship or not. Safety, that feeling like you are safe to be seen, to be heard, to express your most vulnerable parts is a key feeling for us to feel because it is tied to our survival mechanisms. When we don't feel safe, we feel like someone's going to leave or someone's going to judge us or someone's going to hurt us. We experience anxiety, insecurity, overwhelm, fear, and a lot of other rather undesirable feelings. So much of the self-help advice out there is about feeling love and self-love, but from my point of view, feeling safe is primary, and it's something that's not talked about enough. We can't really feel love until we feel safe. We need to understand that from an evolutionary perspective, unless we feel safe, it's nearly impossible to consistently be and feel seen and heard and loved. If you're a bit confused, don't worry. It'll make a lot more sense after you listen to this call. Some reminders for you, our next live group coaching call, I do these on Zoom. They're only $20. It's a great way for you to get one-on-one coaching from me that isn't aired on the podcast. There's a lot more people that I can get to in these live group coaching calls. I only can get to 52 people a year on the podcast. It's a wonderful, beautiful community. I teach for a little bit. I guide you through meditation, and then I take your live questions. Like I said, it's all through Zoom. You don't have to be on video, just me. You can join from anywhere in the world, and the call is recorded if you miss it. Go to christinehassler.com com slash group to register for our next one, which is May 28th. And if you're listening to this show after May 28th, we do these calls every month. And the link is always christinehausler.com slash group. Also, aloha, Hawaii, my retreat in September. It is filling up. I think we have now four spots left. This is open to men, women, and couples. It's a beautiful six-day retreat in Maui at Lumeria. We're going to be doing everything from breath work to yoga to movement and, of course, a lot of personal development. Wherever you are in your journey, you'll go deeper and it'll be a beautiful opportunity to integrate so much of what you've already learned. So before I give you the questions to consider while listening to this episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Organifi. You've heard me talk about Organifi before. They are an organic superfood company. I love everything that they make. Whenever I travel, I take their green juice, which is individual packets of so many of the vitamins and minerals and greens that you need on the go. I drink it on the plane and I notice a difference when I'm not taking it every day. Keeps my immune system up, keeps me feeling good. Another favorite product of mine is their turmeric glow. 
It is so yummy and delicious. It's again, a powder, but it's all like superfoods, turmeric, black pepper, coconut powder, all natural, organic, amazing ingredients. I mix it with a little hot water and almond milk. And it's my afternoon treat with my piece of dark chocolate every day. Go to Organifi.com slash over it for 20% off your order. You can check out their protein powders, all kinds of other amazing products that they have. Again, Organifi.com slash over it for 20% off your order. All right. As you're listening to this call, consider, do you have trouble moving on from things? Are you still holding on to someone or something and just have a tough time getting over things in your life? Are you seeking validation from outside sources? Like you don't feel good enough, you don't feel safe unless you're in a relationship or unless someone is acting a certain way or unless you have certain things. Do you have trouble validating yourself internally? Do you suffer from anxiety? Almost like you feel like you have a pit or a hole in your lower chest stomach area a lot of the times. And finally, do you feel safe? Do you know how to make yourself feel safe? Do you even know what that means? So keep these questions in mind as we listen to my coaching call with Catherine. Catherine, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. I was just wondering, I've just recently been through a breakup about five months ago, and I've noticed that I'm struggling to let go of the person. And this is not the first time. Usually after relationships, I hold on for a very long time and I struggle to let go. And I'm really keen to move this forward a bit faster Mm -hmm. and begin to make a vision for myself of what I want the next steps to be, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to do it still holding on to someone. And I'm not sure why this is happening. Which part? The holding on part? Yes. Mm -hmm. How long were you with this person? Three years. Three years. Okay. And when did you break up? In January. In January. Okay. And now it's mid-May. So... Mm -hmm. You said the holding on is a pattern, like you have a a tough time getting over someone. Does it almost take a new relationship to let the old one go? Yeah, to let go, definitely. I think that's how historically I've done it is by meeting someone else. Mm. And how much time generally do you spend in between relationships? So I haven't had that many relationships, but on the ones where someone ended it for me until I, oh, you're asking about time between relationships. I've been single lots of time between, so it's okay. kind of varied. Yeah. 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 What were you going to say though? Finish that other thought. So I was going to say that even if it's someone I dated briefly, I'll hold on to that them until I meet that next person that captures my attention. Gotcha. And what does the holding on to them look like? Like I vie to prove that I deserve them almost. Like I mm. want them back to show that they should want me. Mm. And also if I think of the future, it's really hard for me to plan or do something without picturing them in it. Got it. And it only happens when they're the one that ends it. Yeah. Only when I get rejected. Yes. Only when you get rejected. And in the times that you've had breakups and you felt rejected, what were the reasons that the relationships ended? What were the reasons the person gave you? So the last one was On the surface, it was a mention of location because we were from different countries and we were living together in one and we couldn't decide where to to stay. However, when we dove into it, it was more about um, blaming me for being too angry or too difficult or that the communication was breaking down and we would never figure it out and that there was no solution. Okay. Um, Is there any truth in that? In which part? In the communication breaking down? Or being angry and difficult, communication breakdown. Yeah, all of it. 
Yeah, so definitely in the communication breakdown, we didn't have strong communication and I kept trying to find solutions for it to practice empathy and focus on each other uh, and understanding each other. But every time we had an argument, uh, his instant response was, this is never going to work. We should break up. And was like that for like the last two years. Mm-hmm. And then he calmed back and calmed down and come back. And so I started to get angry without really expressing it too much because I felt so insecure and I got really, really high anxiety during that time. Mm. So yes, there's definitely truth to it. But my previous relationships, the breakups usually just felt also like a rejection of me, although Mm -hmm. I don't remember the reasons anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're doing the holding on and wanting to prove that you are enough, are you also wanting that person back? Like, are you missing them intensely and wanting them back? Or is it more you're trying to like prove that you're okay without them or that they made a terrible mistake? Uh, I think it's more the missing one. Okay. Although if they were right in front of me, I don't know what I would do. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of put on your rose colored glasses when you look backwards. Yeah. 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 So I'm sure you've done some reflection on this in terms of why a similar thing keeps repeating itself. Because as you know, from listening to the show, things we do over and over again are generally because of things that happened to us in the past, specifically our childhood. So what dots have you connected so far? So I understand that I am trying to prove that I'm good enough, that I deserve it because I need that external validation, which I think came from always trying to prove to my dad, Mm -hmm. who I've always been very close with, but I never felt good enough Mm -hmm. for. Um, and he never, he, he's not the kind of man who really expresses that, although he, I'm sure he thinks it. And in terms of letting go though, and saying goodbye to someone, which is the part that I think I'm really struggling with. I don't know where that comes from. I'm not sure what the root of that is. Well, I think it's the same thing because when that person, as long as the person is there, you're in the cycle of trying to prove yourself, but they're still there. So some part of your psyche thinks you're good enough because they're still there. But once they're not, then it really sinks in of, oh gosh, maybe I'm really not good enough because this person didn't stick around. So one is sort of playing the pattern out and the other is the hurt response that comes up when the pattern is completed in terms of being played out. Does that make sense? Yeah, it almost, if, I don't know if this builds on it or complements it, but it almost feels like if I say goodbye to them, then it's another person who's left me. Exactly. The feeling I get. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And that reinforces I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough and people leave me. I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy of love. Hmm. Okay. So there's that angle. And then there's also, you know, what's interesting, Catherine, about people who have the not good enough story and are seeking validation, especially in relationships and trying to get the needs their parents didn't fulfill met is a lot of walls get built around your heart. Uh It's very hard for people who are chasing validation to really be vulnerable because you always feel like you have to wear a mask. You always feel like you have to be somebody that you're not. And so it's hard to have true intimacy 
in a relationship and you might be, you might think, no, I really let people in and I really let people see me and in my relationships, I'm really vulnerable. But I encourage you to really think about that because as long as you have this operating system running of I'm not good enough, I have to prove myself, I have to earn love, then really you're wearing some masks. A hundred percent. And I can see that in that, of course I can be open and share, but as soon as he would, or anyone I've dated in the past would say, oh, like, like show a kind of love, there would sometimes be a bit of a trigger to just pull back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. What do you mean by when they would show a kind of love? So for example, if I feel insecure in a relationship and then there's a tendon, like a, any kind of extent, like a showing of, uh, I don't know, affection or love. Like, So oh, if they come to you and say, I love you, it's okay. And I see you, those kind of things. Yeah. Or at one point I remember he's like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Instead of embracing that moment and being like, oh, you know, you are too. I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of left it because mm-hmm. I just didn't want to let my heart believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to guard your heart because it got hurt a lot. So it's whenever we have someone quote unquote reject us, we have to look at kind of two things, one, their issues <laughs> and two ours, because it always takes two to tango. And if there are these walls around your heart, coupled with a bit of neediness, and I'm not saying you're a needy person, but when children don't have the validation of a parent, especially a father figure, when we don't have a father figure that tells us, I'm proud of you, you know, you're beautiful, you're strong, you're smart, all those things, then we've got this running, not good enough programming going. And so there's always a level of kind of collecting evidence to prove that that's true. Oh, I just want to stop that. I hear you. And you are in the process of it because you're bringing incredible awareness to it. And I think really your doorway into being able to stop this is vulnerability is letting yourself be seen is being aware of the ways that you pretend and the masks that you wear. This was the subject of the podcast, I think two weeks ago when I was talking to another woman about just how much we pretend and we, we don't pretend because we are deceitful or because we're liars or anything like that. We pretend because deep down we're afraid if anyone sees the real us, they won't love us. They'll leave. They'll tease us. They'll say something negative. So back to what I was saying about it takes two to tango is the feedback you got from your last partner about a communication breakdown or things not working out or whatever. He might not have been able to articulate it, but what he might have been feeling is your walls. Uh Because in order for a relationship to truly grow, and for communication to move a relationship forward, both people have to be vulnerable versus being either in defense or victim. And generally in arguments, especially in relationships, we play out the victim and the perpetrator. Either I'm the victim or I'm defensive, right? And blaming the other. Yeah. So what's coming up for you as I'm saying this? I feel a bit that in that relationship, while I did guard my heart towards the end, I really tried to show myself. So I've always had really high anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I really was honest with him about it. So I did show my fears to him. Mm-hmm. And I actually feel that I didn't get the same level of vulnerability from him. Mm-hmm. And then I felt rejected for showing my vulnerability. So I feel like my true self got rejected. Yeah. yeah. Bit. Well, and the anxiety isn't your true self. The anxiety is that pattern playing out of not feeling good enough and not really feeling safe in your own skin. That's what the anxiety is from. So vulnerability is a lot of things and it is, yeah, showing our true selves and, and showing, you know, the parts that maybe we have some shame about or the parts that we're trying to heal or, or outgrow like anxiety or something like that. But it's also back to the letting love in, right? It's also back that in that moment when he said, you're the best thing that ever happened to me or whatever he said, you being with that and saying, oh my gosh, I've waited my whole life to hear someone say that. And I notice myself feeling scared. I notice Aww. myself having a hard time taking that in. Will you just hold me? Oh, and even the second you say that, I'm like, oh, cringing. say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you'll leave and then it'll be hurtful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's the kind of vulnerability. It's, it's that sort of like microscopic truth, honesty, and yes, talking about what we're currently experiencing. But again, the anxiety isn't really you. That's just the pattern. Mm. That's not you. Okay. The you is the part that knows that she's lovable and she's just craving love. But when love comes at her, she gets scared because one, she thinks she's not worthy and two, she thinks it's going to go away. Yeah. So part of, in terms of moving forward is it's almost like really flexing your receiving muscle. How much love can you let in? How much good can you stand from yourself, from other people? It doesn't have to be in a relationship. I bet there's a lot of people in your life that love you. And starting to let, because the other thing is when we run an unworthiness pattern in terms of vulnerability, sometimes it's almost easier to reveal our insecurities, to reveal I'm anxious or I don't feel good about myself. I'm afraid of rejection or I hang on to relationships for a long time. It's almost harder to reveal where we have trouble receiving or actually what we really crave or what we really love about ourselves. It's almost harder to reveal, you know, like deep down, I, I, I'm craving this deep love and I know deep down, I know I'm worthy of it and it just scares me. Do you see the difference? Yes. And do you see how it's easier for you to reveal insecurities, anxieties, um, things that you feel bad about, but when it comes to like deep down microscopic truth, that's a little harder. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So the way forward from my point of view, and you can even tell like your voice shifted from the beginning of the call because we're, we're sort of out of the pattern and into the deeper truth of knowing that you are here to love. Like you, you know, that's your essence, you know, that's your truth and you have a lot of love to give. But the other thing that's been happening is 
you've been, you know, your love, like the, the, the picture I got in my head is it's like a garden hose and you've got all this love like flowing, but kind of your personality patterns and the safety mechanisms that you've put in place stand with your hand on the hose and kind of control how much water comes out. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And what I'm really getting for you is that you, you just want to love, but part of you feels like you can't love until you know you are loved. Yes, that's definitely true. And that's played out basically everything. How so? Um, like I, in any kind of romantic relationship, um, I will give a lot more once I feel safe, but before I give safe, like before that I'm, I'm much more withholding. Right. And the second that the safety gets taken away, my guard goes up really quickly. Right. And the only reason is because you don't really know, and it's not grown up you, it's like little you and that part that developed that safety strategy doesn't really know how to keep your heart open and how to take care of yourself when you don't feel safe. Because again, the other thing that goes with this kind of patterning is just really not knowing how to get needs met. Yeah. And not knowing how to really communicate needs. Yeah. Like I feel like when it happens that either the anxiety flares up or, Mm -hmm. And the only, I, I try to make plans for what I'll do if it ends to feel like a very logical safety right. with my head, but internally, I don't know how to provide that. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when Stephanos and I first got together, we had very, we have very different backgrounds, not, not different in all ways, but he came from, uh, you know, Italian Greek family. <laughs> There's a lot of yelling and, and he's definitely more fiery than I am. I'm more of a withholder. He's more of a fiery blah. And in the beginning, um, like after the honeymoon phase wore off and we were just kind of, when both our stuff started coming up, um, he would get upset and I would get really scared and I would not feel safe. And I knew he never was going to hurt me or whatever, but it just wasn't what I was used to. And again, like all my wounding was coming up as well. And in those moments when I didn't feel safe, I wasn't taking care of myself in a really good way. So I would just go into a fight, flight, or freeze response. Either I get defensive back or I'd freeze up and withhold everything and stuff everything, or I just want to like run away and cry. And when we're in a trauma response, fight, flight, or freeze, we definitely don't feel safe. So my work really was not to change him, but was to really learn how to find a safe place inside myself. And this kind of goes to the the podcast I had last week about finding our healthy inner masculine. I had to find that healthy inner masculine to really hold a safe space for me and tell me I was safe and tell me I was okay. And that a part of me had my own back and I didn't need to fight and I didn't need to freeze and stuff everything inside and I didn't need to run that I knew how to take care of myself. And I'd ask myself, like, what do I need? Sometimes I just needed to take a deep breath. Sometimes I needed my own space. Sometimes I just needed to communicate honestly what I was feeling. And 
practicing that over and over, it's not like we were fighting all the time, but just practicing that in, in my own way, not just with Stephanos, but anytime out in the world, I didn't feel safe. Just really practicing feeling that safe space inside myself really shifted things for me because then I was able to communicate from a place of love and truth versus from a place of fear. And my feeling is in relationships, especially when it's tense, you communicate more from fear because you're not feeling safe. Yeah. And I just, I'm wondering right now, as you were saying that I was, I can do it when I'm, I can practice that right now. Sure. But I wonder when you're in the moment, like, am I able to call that up? And I suppose with practice. With um, practice. With practice. The biggest way to do it is to realize, to like observe it when it comes up, almost like you're watching a movie. That's really one of the keys to breaking patterns is you observe them. You know, it's, it's like that Viktor Frankl quote in Man's Search for Meaning, in between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space lies our freedom. Mm. And that's the freedom to choose. And so it's that space between when you get triggered and when you respond and realizing, oh, wow, I just, I'm going into fight, fight, flight or freeze. I'm feeling unsafe. Okay. I accept that. I know this is a personality pattern. That's a coping mechanism. It's a survival skill is what it is. It's not a personality flaw. There's nothing wrong with you. It's a survival skill. And so you observe it. And in that moment, you start asking, what do I need? Because the other thing with your dad, other than like the validation piece and not feeling good enough, you just didn't get basic needs met. And you didn't get the need from the masculine met of making you feel safe. So you've got to do that inside of you. And I noticed too, in my, my relationship, I'm lucky I'm with a man who really can hold the healthy masculine, but when two people are triggered in an argument, (laughs) you know, it's, it's hard, but the more I hold that inside myself, the more, you know, we can communicate honestly and the more he can hold that. Right. You know, a lot of times the advice that we hear in these kind of situations is, well, Catherine, you just need to love yourself more. It's like, well, what does that mean? (laughs) Like, what does that mean? Love myself more. Such a big part of loving ourselves more is knowing how to make ourselves feel safe. Because think of it, that's one of the things that parents do that make their kids feel loved. They make them feel safe. So in the last few months, well, I I just recently moved out here after the breakup. And um, it's a pretty healing environment here, Mm -hmm. as the West Coast has. And my whole life, I always had this, what I called a hole between my ribs. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like there was a hole there. Mm -hmm. Um, and the anxiety would sometimes fill it, uh, or it would just be like this empty thing that I couldn't do on my own. Like I couldn't, I didn't want to make decisions without approval. And mm-hmm. I was scared to be on my own. If, oh, I was very lonely. I can't explain it. And since I've been in here and partly cause I've been listening to your podcast and doing your meditations and personal mastery, mm, great. um, I've been breathing into that space mm. and trying to fill it. And it's not even trying. I have been filling it, Beautiful. which has has helped release that sense of safety. Although I didn't recognize it as um, the masculine until right now when you were Mm -hmm. explaining that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's both, right? It's that beautiful, it's that wonderful masculine that holds that safety and that presence. And then it's the, the, it's the feminine too, that nurtures and has compassion. And you know, it's interesting that that space between the ribs, the reason I feel like you felt a hole is that's our personal power center. That's our core. And that is the place where most of us that experience anxiety experience it right there. 
I know exactly where it is because <laughs> I felt it there too. And it, it comes from like not having a strong sense of self because of not feeling safe. And oh. so the more you feel that with love and the more you f- make yourself feel safe, one thing that one of my healers taught me that was really helpful is to stand up against a wall with your feet, maybe foot and a half, two feet, like uh, off the wall with your back up against the wall and your knees slightly bent. So your legs aren't touching the wall. It's just like your butt and your back are on the wall. And you really feel like your mid back and your lower back. And you just kind of rub up against the wall and feel supported like physically feel supported. And when I do it, I like to put one hand like between my ribs and that, you know, where that hole has been and where Uh the anxiety and just, that's a lot of times where I'll do that. And I'll say my affirmations, like I'm safe, whatever it is that I need to say. And that's something that's physically helped as well. And that's really, you know, at the essence, what's happening for you is that you're trying to hook into other people to fill that. And when they go away, because they've been, you know, it's like, it's like been duct tape on a pipe leak, right? And if you rip the duct tape off, it's going to leak again because it was never really fixed. Yeah. Yeah. But 100%. You, but if you really fill that, then you can, you know, really be in partnership with someone versus in codependence with someone. And that's when, you know, why when they leave, it's so hard is because you literally feel like your gut's been pulled out and your sense of safety and your sense of orientation is totally, you know, kind of, it's like the rugs pulled out from underneath your feet. So you have to hold on to the memory because that's the closest thing you got. Right. So Yeah. yeah, you just really, and like, you're so astute and you're so aware and, you know, I can just hear in your voice that you've got so much love and for whatever reason you picked the father that you did to show you contrast. And you're here to really learn how to find true personal empowerment. And such a big part of empowerment is safety and love. And you know, what's beautiful about how you're doing it is you're finding personal empowerment with vulnerability. Because a lot of times we think personal empowerment means we have to have walls around our heart and it's not true. So it's like, how do you do safety and vulnerability at the same time? How do you make yourself feel safe and let yourself be seen. Are you asking me? Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if you're, um, but no, that's the only thing is I'm not quite sure how, like I understand you have to provide the safety inside of yourself mm-hmm. to provide the belief mm-hmm. and then be willing to accept and receive love. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. and not have the kink in my hose. Yeah. Also mm-hmm. the part that I, I'm less clear what to do is what if you begin to feel unsafe, then Mm -hmm. I have to go through the process, I guess. Yeah. Whenever you feel unsafe, it's like, what do you need? You ask yourself, what do you need? It's just a bizarrely weird, hard thing to wrap my mind around for some reason. And, um, uh, cause it almost feels like a truth when you feel unsafe, right? It to a part of you. Yes. Yeah. So it's the acceptance. Like I understand, like I understand there's a part that feels really unsafe right now. So what do you need to feel more safe? What do I need in this moment? And you work, you had to work with it because otherwise, you know, you'll look to the old things that give you, you'll look for the duct tape. 
Okay. And it is clunky for a while because again, these personality patterns and survival patterns have been around for a long time. You really have tried to get your needs for safety met outside yourself and your needs for, and I think, I think the enoughness thing is really tied to safety more than it is in security. And it could be in the sense that I'm more worried about feeling safe than I am. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. Yeah. So it's, like I said, it can be a little clunky for a while, but you know, with practice, it's almost like learning a new language. You don't go to three Spanish classes and then boom, you're fluent. It's a process and it doesn't have to be years or decades or anything like that. And the more attention you give it, the faster it starts to shift. But in terms of like having a vision for your future and not holding on, I think a practical thing to do would be to write down all the truths about him and about the relationship. And to also know that, you know, there are certain relationships I had that ended and my coaches would have me get really honest about where I was inside myself mm-hmm. and go, you know, when you drew this in, were you really at a place where you think you could have drawn in your best partner? And I'm like, mm, no, probably not. <laughs> and that was a good truth for me to see too, because I could see the truths about them, you know, not being aligned in certain ways, the truth about our dynamic and what wasn't working and the truth about me when I drew that person in. And, and I know like my logical brain completely gets what you're saying. And then my, whatever other part of me says, oh, but if he'd met me now, once I've figured out the safety part, Mm -hmm. would it have been different? And this is the part that I don't know why I think that because it's the whole, it's the whole, it's the whole that speaking that just had the duct tape pulled off and wants (laughs) the duct tape back. Okay. Okay. And quite honestly, when you really feel that you start to feel safe, safety with vulnerability, not safety Mm -hmm. with walls, because the only way you've known how to make yourself safe is just throw up walls Mm -hmm. or go into anxiety because anxiety gives us a false sense of control when we like worry about things. So just know that one, you wouldn't draw that person in and you wouldn't be attracted to them because Mm. it's the, it was the void that drew this in. Oh, clear. Yes. Okay. It was the unmet needs piece. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Hmm. So by continuously working on the safety piece and filling that part and providing myself with a sense of safety internally, I essentially begin to form the trust in myself to be able to make, to feel and to make, I don't want to call it the vision, but my own vision for the future. Okay. Exactly. And then that, that, that in itself handles a lot of the not good enough piece because when we truly feel safe inside ourselves and we're getting our needs met and we're feeling that core, you know, we're feeling supported both behind us and in front of us. Like we're really feeling like there isn't that hole there. Then the need for validation dramatically decreases because again, validation is another way we duct tape safety. Mm. Okay. And yeah, I definitely sought some validation there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I said, you know, you can't learn Spanish overnight. So lots of patience with yourself, lots of gentleness. When you notice your mind going to him, 
try to bring, bring it back to you and also little you, you know, cause that's the part of you that needs attention. Like the little girl in you who never really felt loved or seen by her dad, that needs way more attention than any of these dudes from your past. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. She I'm needs practicing you now. that. Yeah. Good. And I'm so glad you're in mastery because I can continue to support you and we can just kind of track this as you move through it. Thank you very much. I absolutely love that course. So it's been a, a wonderful experience in terms of emotion release, particularly. Good, good. And did you, did you get some clarity? Did this help? Yes, very much so. Thank you very much. I'm going to work on the safety and I appreciate the wall exercise as well, which I'm now leaning on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Catherine, so much for your honesty and your vulnerability. Thank you for taking off masks and really allowing yourself to be seen and allowing yourself to receive love and support from me. So you heard in Catherine's initial question was about how to break the pattern of it taking so long to get over someone, which was a wonderful opening question that got us into some deeper issues. I covered a lot in the actual coaching session, so just a few things here I want to highlight. First, when it comes to getting over something and not holding on to it and being able to move forward, we must take off our rose-colored glasses. I can think of a couple endings of relationships or just people I dated for a while and how I totally ditched my 2020 vision that I paid a lot of money for from Lasix for a pair of rose-colored glasses. And I didn't look back accurately or clearly. I put on those rose-colored glasses and it made it so much harder take off the rose-colored glasses and see the truth. Second, let's talk about her relationship with her dad and how that impacted her. Now, I didn't dive into the specifics too much about her relationship with her father because I really didn't need to. The info she gave me about how he was around and she felt sort of close to him, yet she never felt good enough or like he expressed how he felt about her was all I really needed to know. When someone who is a major figure in our life, like a parent, does not express their love, affections, feelings, and acknowledgement of us in a way where we can feel it, we don't feel safe and we're constantly seeking validation. That's the bottom line. Think about it. Think about the people you feel safest with. They probably have expressed how much they care for you, how much they love you, what they see in you. That's why you feel safe with them. So Catherine's been playing out the pattern that started with her father in relationships by bringing men in that she feels close to, but she doesn't really feel safe with. And because they're not being vulnerable with her, and even the one time where a man did express that she was amazing, which is what deep down she's craving, she couldn't even handle it, so she pushed it away, she's just not experiencing true intimacy and safety in her relationship. It's so amazing how when we get close to what we really deeply desire, We get so uncomfortable because our own sense of worthiness gets triggered and we push it away. So part of vulnerability isn't just expressing our insecurities and expressing where we feel less than. Part of vulnerability is really about letting love in. So because of the unmet needs from Catherine's father, which she then internalized, meaning she has trouble meeting her own needs, she's in the cycle of proving herself and seeking validation in order to feel safe or get her needs met. When there is a man in her life, some of her anxiety is better. But when he leaves, the panic sets in and reinforces that I'm not good enough and people leave me, which makes it super hard for her to get over them because the memory is all she has to soothe the anxiety. So she either has to hang on to the memory or go find someone else. Another thing I wanted to highlight is people who have the not good enough story and didn't really get needs met by their parents, a lot of walls get built up around the heart. 
it's hard to be vulnerable and hard to have true intimacy because there's an operating system that has you wearing masks. And we don't wear masks or pretend because we're deceitful. We don't even know that we're doing it half the time. We're just so afraid that if anyone sees the real us, they'll judge us, reject us, or leave us. The essence of this call was helping Catherine see that empowerment and having a vision for her life comes from feeling vulnerable and safe, having that internal validation. It's hard for her to have a vision for her own life because she's looking to others to see her. How can she see herself when she's constantly looking for others to see her? So vulnerability and safety may seem contradictory, but they really go together. The vulnerability to express our deepest truth creates safety. So how do you feel safe in the moment? Well, that's what I talked to Catherine a lot about. Really observe it when you don't feel safe. Observation is a huge key to breaking patterns. And in that moment where you notice you don't feel safe, you ask, what do I need? This is a key to self-love is that feeling of safety. And remember, changing patterns is like learning a new language. It's a process. The more attention you give it, the faster you learn, the faster it starts to shift. But it's not an overnight process. And when you run an unworthiness pattern, it's almost easier to reveal the more surface level insecurities like those about our appearance, our performance, success, et cetera, rather than go to the deep down truth. The deep down truth for Catherine is that she's craving love, but she didn't feel lovable. So I use two important metaphors in this call, and I invite you to consider if either of them apply to your life. First, the garden hose one. Like, do you know that there's a lot of love that you want to give? The water's just flowing, but the part of you that's craving safety and protection, the part of you that wears masks, is gripping the hose and putting kinks in it and controlling the amount of love that you let out. Also, I use the metaphor of duct tape. Are you using other people to come in and duct tape the void you feel inside? That's what Catherine was doing. She was trying to hook into other people to feel that sense of safety. When they go away and the duct tape comes off, she feels anxiety. (laughs) It's just like duct tape on a pipe. When, When you pull that duct tape off, the water comes out. So that's why when the person leaves, she feels like the rug's been pulled out from under her feet. And like I said, she's got to hold on to the memory because that's the closest thing she's got. Okay. Some takeaways for you. Pattern interrupt. When you feel unsafe, ask in that moment, what do you need? First acknowledge it and then ask, what do I need? That wall exercise that I walked her through where you lean up against a wall, your feet are about a foot away, you slightly bend your knees and you just feel your lower to your mid back just up against that wall and you kind of rub up against it and feel the support and repeat the affirmation, I am safe. Also, when you're working to get over someone and take off those rose-colored glasses, a practical thing is to write down all the truths about the relationships, the truth, the truths about you and who you were when you called that person in and, and be really honest with yourself, not in a judgmental way, but in an honest way of really going, oh, wow, I still have a neediness pattern, an unworthiness pattern, and that's where I drew this person in from. Those are the kind of truths I'm talking about. Truths about the other person and then truths about the dynamic. For example, like where did values not align? And when someone rejects us, we need to look at both their issues and our issues. So if you feel rejected by someone, look at where they might not be ready for a relationship or where they might have walls up and also look at how you showed up in the relationship. Again, not in a self-critical way, but in a honest way. And then finally, join me for mastery. Catherine said that's one thing that's been helping her a lot. It's my online course. 
there's no launch date. It's open all the time. We do monthly calls every month. There's a live one day retreat. There's a Facebook group where you get lots of access and support from me. It's christinehaster.com slash mastery. Go and check it out. And if you want to take advantage of the free video series that I just did, this three training videos, it kind of gives you an intro into mastery. I deep dive on some things we've talked about in the show, like compensatory, not this show, but in the whole over and on with a podcast in the 192 episodes, things like compensatory strategies, avoidance traps. You can go and access all of that at christinehasler.com slash video workshop. All right, everybody, that is the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.